1: Welcome to the MarTech Podcast. Today, we're going to talk about the way that COVID-19 is impacting the MarTech industry. Joining us is Mark Serkin, who is the SVP of Marketing and Experience at Third Door Media, which is the leading provider of content and marketing solutions for internet marketers and the digital marketing industry. Third Door Media's websites and events include Marketing Land, Search Engine Land, Digital Marketing Depot, Search Marketing Expo, and of course, the MarTech Conference. And today, Mark and I are going to talk about how he's viewed the impact of the COVID-19 shelter-in-place as it relates to the MarTech industry. Okay, here's the first part of my conversation with Mark Zirkin, SVP of Marketing and Experience at Third Door Media. Mark, welcome to the MarTech podcast.
2: Hey, 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 thanks for having me.
1: Long friend of the family, friend of the show, appreciate you being on. We finally got you on the podcast. You've helped connect me with Scott Brinker. You've been a sponsor of the show, always been a supporter, very generous with your time. And I got to drag you on to talk about COVID-19 and the shelter in place. What a world.
2: Unbelievable, right? Appreciate being here. Yeah, we could have picked any time to have me on a guest, but here we are. And so it is what it is.
1: This is what finally gets us in the same podcast room at the same time, obviously not in the same room. But first and foremost, tell me how you doing? How you hanging in there with everything that's happening? Have you been affected? What's your world look like today?
2: Everybody's been affected. I moved to North Carolina two years ago, and I think it was a good move moving out of New York, Connecticut area for lots of reasons, not just Corona related, but personally good. Everyone's healthy, which is great. I have a daughter who lives in Los Angeles, so that kind of stinks, but we talk to her every week. And that's good. And then from a third door media business standpoint, it's just been crazy for the last couple of months. I mean, we've really scrambled and I know we're going to talk about movie MarTech conference online and those kinds of things. But you know, it's just been one of those moments in time where you really have to find a minute to sit back and kind of go what in the world is happening. And this is pretty unprecedented. I've been through a lot of things in my life. This one's crazy.
1: Personally and professionally, every day is a new day. And right. you know, there are some days when I sit here and I'm in front of my podcast mic and you know, I have a private office that I sneak off to and I record the content so it's nice and quiet and it just feels like a normal work day. And then there's still this like looming cloud, and it happens in business, it's in personal, it's just really been something that's affected us all. It's affecting the Martech industry at a macro level. And, and that's really what I wanted to talk to you about today. As you think about the impact that the shelter in place has had broadly on marketers, specifically technology-driven marketers, budgets. There's a bunch of different ways that this has had an impact. I'd love to hear your view of what impact the COVID-19 has had on the industry as a whole.
2: Yeah, and obviously, I'm coming at it from a particular perspective, you know, the lens that I have into this through our editorial sites, MarTech Today in particular, as it relates to the MarTech industry, but also our other sites. And obviously, from an event standpoint, in engaging with sponsors and attendees and staff, frankly, on events, it's hard to know where to start with this thing. I mean, it's completely upended, you know, from an event standpoint. There are no such thing as live events right now. Yeah. Just, I was supposed to be in San Jose two weeks ago for the MarTech conference. And not only did I not go, the event didn't happen. And so that's a weird situation to think about. You know, we were expecting a whole bunch of people, both attendees and sponsors. And so all of a sudden, that's not happening. Not only is that not happening, you've got the personal uncertainty of what's going on, both from a job standpoint, you know, is my job secure, is the company secure? And you've got the challenge of planning an event in the fall, for example, and frankly, we had our search marketing, our SMX advanced event in June that we just canceled last week, and we're shifting that to a virtual event. So you've got this sort of rolling sense of like, okay, are we going to be able to run events in the future? Yeah, but when is that future? So a lot of things are up in the air. So for us personally, it's a lot of making decisions and then sort of saying, okay, did we make the right decision and how do we proceed?
1: So tell me about your view. I understand that your business is interesting because you have a view of the content consumption and obviously also the event marketing space, which obviously is negatively impacted. Talk to me about your view of the industry overall. What do you see in there?
2: I think how I see the industry is both through the people that I know who are working at companies who are you know, marketing technology companies, and I hear their stories and talk to them and see what's going on through the lens of our editorial, the content that we're publishing, the interviews that we're doing with people, and then frankly, through our sponsor lenses. I was on a call earlier today and I was saying, it really does depend if you've built a strong brand and you've got a defensible product or you've got a high growth product in a market where people are still buying, this is a great opportunity. I mean, it's a huge opportunity. There's been lots of articles written historically about in a down market, if you've got dollars to invest and you know, things like CPCs and conversion rates are all to the positive right now. Like, so if you're in a strong position, you can make those marketing investments. That's a great time. And you know, it's a little bit opportunistic, granted, but it's a great time. History has proven that. But I think, unfortunately, a lot of people who are either on shaky ground to begin with, didn't have a solid customer base, or maybe are selling to people who are really impacted. You know, you can imagine being, I don't know, a MarTech provider that provides restaurant software I'm making it up. You're screwed. Right, you're done. So I think the answer to the question is hard because it so depends. I think it's worse than any of us want to admit. Personally, I see my LinkedIn and Twitter feeds going, and it's sort of hard to discern what's really happening out there. But in my one-on-one conversations, it really does come down to, if you've got a great brand and you've got a cash word. It's an opportunity. Everybody else, buckle up because it's not going to be fun.
1: Yeah, I think it's interesting. I think from a business perspective, some businesses are negatively impacted, obviously, right, all of the events, all anything that's related to local, all the restaurants, all the travel and hospitality, like all that stuff is just crushed right now. There's no getting around it. There are some businesses that are positively impacted. And honestly, I think that when we talk about marketing and technology, it seems like a lot of the technology companies have actually really prospered. You know, I'll look at Zoom or maybe build.com as people are starting to work from home. Maybe we're seeing more consultants, right? more different ways to get people money at the right place at the right time. So there are some technology services that have really become more valuable and, and are seeing growth. On the flip side, marketers are always the first one to go. I don't think that's a surprise to anybody listening to this podcast, so I'm sure that there's been plenty of layoffs. Have you seen resources that marketers can use and you know when you're seeing people that are looking for jobs? Do you know of anything that is useful for the people that were impacted negatively?
2: So first, before I answer that question, we all agree here on the MarTech podcast, I think, that marketers should not be the first to go. Yeah, no, it's BS, but... (laughs) Right. It's reality, but it's also probably a very strategic and tactical mistake. The CEOs never fire themselves. They never do. And by the way, for another time, maybe, the investment that we've made, all of us, that we've made in marketing automation, marketing systems, integrations, integration platforms, like doing marketing is way freaking harder than it ever was in the past. It's way more complicated And you can't just shut it off very easily. We saw that when coronavirus first hit, right? There was a whole bunch of people that didn't sort of adjust fast enough their trigger campaigns and made a lot of silly mistakes. So let's just agree that marketers shouldn't be the first one to let go. Reality is marketing is often the first ones to let go. And I think there are a number of resources, both specific and general, that I can talk about that I've seen. You know, number one is, and again, a little bit opportunistic, but A lot of marketing platforms have done a really nice thing by offering access to their training programs, access to their software. What a great learning opportunity, right? Like if you want to learn about, I don't want to say any vendor names, but if you want to learn about a particular thing, now's a great time to go see if they're offering access to their training programs or access to their platforms for trials or whatever, extended trials, those kinds of things. I've seen a really large number of people announce Slack channels, Discord channels, shared Google Docs, resources where they're compiling job opportunities, people looking for work, like just a lot of DIY type resources that are really nice to see. I feel like the community's kind of really pulled together. I've seen a huge amount of sharing about, you know, I know of a job opening, message me and I'll connect the dots. So I think those are great resources.
1: I'll show you behind the curtain, that's exactly what we're working on here in the background of building up the MarTech specific job board, creating Slack communities, inviting people to connect and network. And that's a big part of not only our business growth, changing from just being audio specific to building out a community, but also right now we're looking at and be like, hey, what can we do to serve the people that are listening to our show other than provide them with some education about marketing? Let's try to help them find some work because there's going to be a lot of that.
2: Yeah, that's a perfect setup. I'm glad I could serve that one up for you. You totally spoiled our strategy. There it is. It's great. And, and the more that we can help each other succeed and learn and grow, the better. And the reality is that's why we publish what we publish. That's why MarkTech today and Marketing Land and Search Engine Land exist. And the truth is, that's why our conferences exist, is to educate marketers and give them access to the tactics and strategies and tools that they need to be successful. So I think that part of the community is strong and is out to help each other and to build each other up, which is great. And frankly, we need that right now. It's
1: nice. Yeah. So outside of the obvious impact on the workforce, I think there's also been a pretty dynamic shift in channel mix and how people are actually thinking about what marketing activities are important. Time for a one minute break to hear from our presenting sponsor, Mutinex. In 1919, John Wanamaker said, half the money I spend on advertising is wasted. Then join brands like Samsung, ING, and Asahi, who make better marketing decisions with Mutinex. Mutinex Growth OX, the marketing mixed modeling platform that makes measuring ROI fast, easy, and cost-effective. Request a demo at mutinex.co. That's M-U-T-I-N-E-X.co. Talk to me about what you're seeing, just hearing through the grapevine, seeing with your sponsors, you know, other people that are advertisers on your content platforms. Are people spending? Are they not spending? What are the products they're buying? Do they invest in technology right now? What's actually, where's the money going?
2: So let's separate those who have money and those who don't. Those who don't have money are probably doubling down on the tools that they have. I saw some content on LinkedIn. was really good. It was really about, you know, if you've got a marketing automation platform and you've only been using 30% of it, like now's a great time to invest and make sure you evaluate your stack. You look at the features. We're doing that ourselves. We're doubling down on some things in, for example, Google Tag Manager. use JustUno as like an interstitial thing. It has some capabilities we haven't taken advantage of. So like content leverage, that kind of thing. We're doing as much of that as we can. If you've got money to spend, now's a good time to buy. Because frankly, if you're a MarTech vendor, you probably can negotiate pretty well right now. Because there aren't that many people buying, again, depending on the segment.
1: I was just having a conversation with the data vendor. Yeah. Thinking about how do I get access to everybody that works in the MarTech community. And it was a... I won't say who it is. We're $15,000 a month to get access to this data platform. I'm like, okay, cool. You guys outpriced us. I'll talk to you later. Thanks. And two days later, it's like, we're starting a startup branch. What's your price point? <laughs> I'm your only sale this month, buddy.
2: Right. Yeah, yeah it's great. But you know, one of the things that we've said at Third Door is, yeah, we're not programming events right now. I mean, we are doing some virtual stuff, but we've got some staff capacity. So For example, we have been investing. So we produce these things called MarTech Intelligence Reports. And they're things like Digital Asset Management Intelligence Reports or Call Analytics. But basically, you know, they're sort of Gartner-like, Forrester-like programs. I think ours is better, if not just as good as those. But we produce these reports with the help of independent analysts and provide all sorts of great content in those things. We've decided, hey, this is really, really good content, and we're not doing a good enough job marketing that stuff. So we know that there's a monetization strategy behind those pieces. So we're building some new muscles in terms of how do we take content, create leverageable assets out of those content pieces, and then really use things like social media, email, and other strategies, which is, I think, what a lot of marketing teams that are suffering from reduced budgets are being forced to like, hey, let's go back to the basics, like, let's get SEO right. Let's line up our landing pages. Let's invest in the content that we already have and amplifying that stuff. I think that stuff all makes sense. By the way, you shouldn't need coronavirus to do that.
1: But you're busy managing your paid campaigns.
2: Right. You got time because if you're like us, you don't have any paid campaigns right now.
1: Talk to me about what you think is the impact of the workforce shifting to remote. It seems like that's something that the technologists would be pretty capable of handling. What are you saying?
2: So it's interesting. Third Door has been remote since, since inception, so we're used to it. You know, Zoom calls or whatever technology that you use, we do this on a regular. And we have daily stand-ups and the whole bit. We do everything remote because we are remote. And when we go to our events and actually get to be face-to-face, that's a really cool and fun situation for us. What's interesting is, even though the technology's been there, it's so funny to me that like Zoom is like the hot thing. And it's been around. It's not like a new piece of technology. None of this stuff is new.
1: It's just a consumer technology now.
2: Right. And so now you take 100% of the workforce and go, hey, go work from home. People are having to really get used to this stuff. I've heard horror stories. I have a buddy of mine in New York who runs an agency. And he's like, we're trying to onboard new people and get people used to working in groups. How do you do this? What are the mechanisms you guys use? And it seems so fundamental to me to explain things like Google Doc tagging and assignment connecting, right? And the use of Jira or Trello or whatever your choice of tool is, And to do that in a structured way and to use that as a way to guide your work on a daily basis, I just took it for granted that people didn't have those muscles. But the truth is, when I think back three years ago, we moved the company to sort of get used to video because we want to see each other and and build those personal relationships better. It took like three, four, five months to get people used to like, when you dial in, you turn your video on. That's what we do now.
1: Unless you're the one girl who has the viral video of being on Zoom while being in the bathroom as well. Have you seen that one yet?
2: I haven't seen that one, but you sort of can't cure stupid, but you know. the line of the week, you can't (laughs) cure stupid. I did it. I went there. But it's interesting because like, you know, I haven't shaved and I wear a baseball hat every day. I mean, it's extreme circumstances right now. I don't think that most companies are going to suddenly get religion and go remote. But like I spent three years at PwC and they had moved to a hoteling system. So most consultants don't work in the office anyway. So we know that good work can get done remotely. That's not the issue. But trusting your people and building the muscles to manage the projects, that takes time. And that's not just about, I have a Zoom account. That's the whole thing.
1: Mark, on the content consumption side, are you seeing different patterns and behaviors? Obviously, the events aren't happening. Are people reading more blog posts? Or are they watching more webinars? What are you seeing from content consumption?
2: My gut tells me that the time of when people are reading content has changed because normally, for example, content consumption on our websites, as an example, happens during business hours. You know, you're going to read a search marketing article, you're going to read it while you're working on your search projects. I would bet you that that content consumption shifted because now kids are home, working from home, the whole thing. I bet you that's changed. Traffic is strong. It hasn't radically changed since this whole thing happened. I'll tell you one thing, and it's nothing to do with, you know, I love your show, but like I'm listening to a lot less podcasts. I don't know why. I was actually trying to think about this the other day. I don't know why. We saw a bounce. Did you?
1: There was the first few weeks when the shelter in place happened. We saw about a 20% reduction in downloads. And we were coming off an all-time high, had a 20% reduction. And then we've seen like a 25 or 30% lift. And so now we're at a new all-time high. And my feeling is people have figured out when they're going to go for their walk, figured out when they're going to be on the treadmill, and they've replaced their commute decompression time and starting to consume content again. But there definitely was an immediate impact when the shelter-in-place happened nationally.
2: I think that's right. That's great. And then the other comment I would make about that is these virtual events that are everywhere now, it's just a glut. I just don't know how sustainable that is. I mean, how much time can you spend on a webinar, on a virtual event? You can't spend eight hours a day staring at a screen. I guess we do already working, but I'm curious to see what happens. I mean, you know, with Discover Martech, we registered 83, 84, hundred people, 37 or 3,800 of them actually attended at least one session, many of them many, many sessions. But I must get five invites to virtual events a day now. So I'll be curious to see how that plays out. Last
1: question I have for you today. As you think about the lasting impact of the coronavirus on the Martech industry, do you see this impacting how marketing is going to happen after the virus? Do you think that people are going to be working more from home? Obviously, we're going to be focused on getting people employed again. What's your crystal ball tell you about what's going to happen once the shelter-in-place is lifted?
2: I really hope that we don't create another problem by lifting too early, but that's a different issue. But let's say that we lift the restrictions, we go back to work, whatever that means. What's interesting is, if I just look at it through like an event standpoint, something like 25% of marketing budgets are pegged to physical events, in-person events. Clearly, there's a need for in-person events. Clearly, people like going to them. There's value for them. And we're about to field a survey, actually. I think it's going to launch today. We're fielding a survey to ask marketers, where's your head in terms of you going to events in the fourth quarter? Like, We're going to try to track that over time to get a sense of the barometer of that measure. Obviously, it matters to us, but it also matters to everybody else in the marketing industry. I think that getting back to normal is not what we think it's going to be. That's my crystal ball. I think it's going to be a weird re-entry. I think people are not going to throw away their offices. I think people who work in offices are going to have to go back to their offices. In terms of events, I just don't know. This is the existential question that we're faced with, which is, can we run events in the fall and is anybody going to show up?
1: I don't know. Well, Mark, I appreciate you coming on talking to us. Let's get back together again tomorrow. I want to dig in a little bit more about what you're thinking is going to happen with the event marketing space specifically. So that wraps up this episode of the MarTech Podcast. Thanks to Mark Sirkin, SVP of Marketing and Experience at Third Door Media for joining us. In part two of our interview, which we're going to publish tomorrow, Mark and I are going to talk about how the event marketing industry is making the transition to the digital world. If you can't wait until our next episode and you'd like to learn more about Mark, you can find a link to his LinkedIn profile in our show notes. You can contact him on Twitter. His handle is mserkin, M-S-I-R-K-I-N, or you can visit his company's website, which is thirddoormedia.com. Just one more link in our show notes I'd like to tell you about. If you didn't have a chance to take notes while you were listening to this podcast, head over to martechpod.com. We've got summaries of our episodes, contact information for our guests. You can subscribe to our newsletter, or you can send us your topic suggestions and your marketing questions, which we'll answer live on this show. Of course, you could reach out on social media. Our handle is MartechPod, M-A R T E C H P O D on LinkedIn, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, or you can contact me directly. My handle is Benj Shap, B-E-N-J-S-H-A-P. And if you haven't subscribed, yet and you want a daily stream of marketing and technology knowledge in your podcast feed in addition to part two of our conversation with mark serkin the svp of marketing and experience at third door media we're going to publish an episode every day this year so hit the subscribe button in your podcast app and we'll be back in your feed tomorrow morning all right that's it for today but until next time my advice is to just focus on keeping your customers happy